Welcome to the Hill City Church Podcast. We are a church family located in Springfield, Missouri. You can learn more about us and support our ministries at hillcitysgf.org. Genesis 11.1 Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shiner and settled there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and build them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. And they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to the city and the tower, which the children of the men had built. And the Lord said, Behold, there are one people, and they have all one language, and this is only the beginning of what they will do, and nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and there confuse their language, so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of all the earth, and they left off building the city. Therefore, its name was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord dispersed them over the face of all the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may grab a seat. Good morning, Hill City Church. So I just want to kick off the morning. I mean, we obviously always start with God. We lift in the name of Jesus high. But I want to start just here uh, right now with just some confession, some, some transparency uh, on my end. And, and listen, before you right now is a very sinfully proud man. Um, it's not good. And, and I'm in this passage all week, and the Lord is just showing me things, and, and, and it just comes out in the way that I'm a husband, and, and then it comes out in the way that I, I screw up my role as a father. And, and what's crazy about it is, is if there's anything we talk about in this church, uh, I mean, the gospel, number one. We talk about the gospel more than anything else. But, but then after that, I would say, man, we really want to be people of humility, like we talk about it all the time, and then and, and what I found is like, like our staff here at church, and, and even and you all out in your lives. Like I see, I see how you're living. I see what, how our staff responds to certain situations. And I'm just like, man, that's that's a lot of humility. And then I've even had a chance to meet with some of you, and and you guys have been so kind. You're like, man, just your humility, you know, from the stage is good. And 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 what I realize, like as I see the staff show humility, and then as people are telling me, oh man, it's your humility, like, I go, darn right. <laughs> yeah. We are humble. And it's like, wait a minute, I, I know how it worked this week with my kids, and I, and I know how I didn't serve my wife, and it's like, I'm in trouble. And it's like, okay, so every week here, and I realize, wait a minute, every week here, we uh, unapologetically, like, we, we give you and, and we preach the greatest news that you ever hear in, in your life and, and the good news of Jesus. And that's because it's our only hope. Like, like even this week, I'm like, wait a minute, I, I can't even be humble on my own. And I've tried, like, okay, I've got this. Yeah, humility, I can go do this. And I realize, no, I can't. And man, I've just had to just rest on the finished work of Jesus Christ this week. 
As we dive into this passage, we see some pride. And man, the Lord has been like working me over. And kind of the way it works at this church is like, okay, he's worked me over for a week. So now it's like, come on in, Hill City. The water's warm. You've got to come with me. So God, we pray in this moment that, that you would, out of Genesis chapter 11, out of this tower building, that you would open our eyes, that we would see incredible things from your word. Oh, we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we, we've been in Genesis since the beginning of the semester. Um, we, we have been through a lot. Last week we left off with Noah, how God flooded the earth. He sent judgment, but it was his mercy that was also going on in his judgment. Noah comes off of the ark, him and his family, and it's time that then they would be fruitful and multiply. And here we pick up in chapter 11, and this is, is taking place anywhere from 180 years to 340 years after Noah comes off of the ark after the flood. Scholars can't really agree on how many years. It's just a lot of years, okay? And here we are, we find ourselves, and sin is still prevalent on the earth. Now, the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as people migrated from the east, so some of you have been with us, like, wait a minute, they, were, they, were, they had to go live east of Eden, and then they went further east, and now they're migrating even further east. See, that's the human condition. Left to ourselves, we don't go closer to God, we actually get further and further away. We see that right out of the text. And they found a plain in the land of Shiner and settled there, and they said to one another, come, let us make. And here you see the theme of the first four verses. First, they say, come let us make bricks. And this is a technology, new technology, and it's incredible. But with those bricks, they said, let us build a city, let us build a tower. And in so doing, we would make a name great for ourselves. And the reason that they wanted to do that, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. Now, we see this decision to let us make, and embedded in this decision, there are some good things, and then, but there are some bad things that are even more prevalent. Now, the good things we see as, the, as people go to make is this, like, God created us to create, and, and this is what they were doing. They, they, were, they, they, they were to create. That is what God put in them, but also God put in them this, this desire for greatness, the desire to be in proximity to greatness. So, so, so in, in that, like, okay, that's good. But what we have to see is that this was all done in an attempt to get back to where they were hardwired by God to be, which is Eden, where we started this story. They wanted to be back where they were hardwired to be. So you ask yourself, did Adam and Eve, did they have an unmet need? Did, did Adam and Eve, did they have an unmet need in the home where God put them pre-sin? No. They were home. They didn't need to make a place where they would belong. They were there in the presence of God. They didn't long to be famous and have a name. Like they were with God. So what happened? 
Satan came along. He lied to them. They bought the lie. They said, no, we can actually make a home better. We can actually make a name. We can actually be like God. And they sinned. And now here we see in chapter 11 that plague of sin causes humans to do things they shouldn't be doing. So, well, wait a minute. You just said they were building a city and, 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 and making bricks and, and making it a place and trying to... Okay, so is there anything wrong with building a city? Is there anything wrong with building a tower like a skyscraper? And the answer, well, of course not. There isn't anything wrong with that. Is there anything wrong with wanting be, to be the best? I don't think so. I think, I think if you're a teacher, you should want to be the best teacher in your school. If you're a doctor, please try to be the best doctor. Right? You're a financial advisor. Be the most awesome financial advisor you could be. Like, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be the best. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with wanting to lead something great. You want to lead a great business? Awesome. You want to lead a great church? Cool. That, there's nothing wrong with those things. The question is, why do you want those things? And here's why they wanted to build a city. Here's why they, in this passage, built a tower. Here's why they wanted to make a name that was great. Two reasons. Pride and fear. They were operating out of pride and fear. Listen, two things that will most assuredly lead you and I to self-centered living. It's pride and and fear. Let me say it this way. Two things that will most assuredly lead us away from God's commands and God's plans. Pride and fear. See, here's what happens. Nothing wrong with cities and towers and names, but see, when, when those are built out of pride, when those are built out of fear, what comes is corrupted cities and corrupted towers and corrupted names. sin of pride will cause me to seek to build great things for the wrong reasons. So you're like, man, that's not me. Man, I'm glad he's not talking to me. I'm, I'm not out trying to build a name. I'm not out trying to build anything. Like, See, pride makes its way out in a couple of different ways. I know some of you, you're not out trying to do anything. And you think, see, I'm good. No, no, no. See, pride will also paralyze you to not do things, and the reason you're not doing things is you're afraid, what if I fail and my name may not be associated how I want it to be associated? So some of you, it could be, yep, I'm out doing all this, and it's out of pride and fear, and some of you are like, I'm not doing any of that, and it's still out of pride and fear, and some of us bounce from both, one, one to the other. Either way, it's not good. So what's happening here in the text? Well, let's, t- let's start with, man, they wanted to build a city. Why? They wanted a place. They wanted a place to stay so that they would not be scattered, right? But ultimately what they wanted is they wanted a place that was safe and they wanted a place that was secure. That's what we see in them wanting to build a city. Then they wanted to build a tower. Why? They longed for greatness. They wanted to be in the presence of greatness. Why? Because they wanted, to, they wanted to make a name for themselves. In other words, they wanted safety, security, and significance. Let's make a name for ourselves. The problem with making a name 
for ourselves is that God is actually the only one that has the right or the authority to make names, and especially for himself. God created us actually to lift his name high, not ours. What we do, though, is we take what is God's right, what is God's authority, and we try to make it our own. And it doesn't really ever go well. And why did they want all this? Cities and towers and names? Because they, they, they wanted it so that they would not be dispersed over the whole earth. This is where they're operating out of fear. And you might ask, fear, what were they afraid of? Well, what are you afraid of? We're, they're not so different, you know. Let me just maybe throw some out there. I think maybe they would have been afraid of the unknown. Hey, we're familiar with this. What is what's out there? I don't know. Let's make a city here. Maybe they were afraid to be uncomfortable. Like this place is comfortable. I don't want to go be uncomfortable. Maybe they were afraid of potential danger. I think they were. I think they were afraid of being forgotten. They wanted to be remembered. Ultimately, I think what they were afraid of was death. And they were seeking safety. They were actually seeking eternal significance. They were seeking eternal life. But they were doing it by themselves. And we see this. This this is an argument from silence. Because in the first four verses, let us make, let us build for ourselves. See, what is not mentioned in verse 1 through 4? And what better better question is, who is not mentioned in verse 1 through 4? God, the creator of the universe, Mm. So here's the problem. Is they, it's not that they wanted to build. It's not that they wanted to make. It's that they were functioning as practical atheists. They were planning and they were scheming as if God didn't exist. See, they had been, they had been given a command we go all the, back to, all the way back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 28. But the very same command in Genesis chapter 2 was given to Noah when he came off of the ark in Genesis chapter 9, verse 1. Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. You were, you were supposed to go do this. You were not supposed to just stay in a city and not fill the earth. But they've forgotten God's commands. Or they didn't believe his promises. And that led them to disobey God's commands. Well, what promises? Well, God promised them in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. You've been with us. You know this. He said, listen, I am going to send a dragon slayer, a serpent crusher. He will deliver from death. That was God's promise, and they forgot God's promise, so they disobeyed God's commands. And they built a tower that he said would reach the heavens, 
And we see this passage and we say, oh, what archaic, silly people building a tower to reach the heavens. How stupid are they? Can you, uh, can you believe these people? Um, anybody have any big decisions in their life they've needed to make? How did you go about that? What did that look like? Like did fear lead out? Did pride rule? Do you find yourself paralyzed every time you have a big decision to make? Yeah, but, but what if this? Okay, what if this? What if this? No, 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 no. And I'm just telling you, pride makes its way out in a lot of different ways. I'm just telling, telling, man, when we have big decisions in front of us, sometimes we function as practical atheists and we leave God out of the decisions that we are making in our lives. So it's kind of like kids. Sometimes they do things and it's like, probably should have checked with dad and mom before you did that. But they just moved forward. So here's how this played out in my house. There was a day a few years ago, and, and my daughters thought, hey, let's make each other beautiful. And they didn't come to dad or to mom and say, hey, what do you think about this? So one, not to be named, grabs scissors and gets after the other one with scissors because they wanted to be beautiful. Now, my daughters are beautiful, but one of them was less beautiful after... Listen, they moved forward without asking dad and mom, hey, should, what do you think about this? Sometimes we leave God out of our decisions. And it doesn't usually end well. Yeah, but what, okay, what about towers and names? Like, we're not that foolish. I mean, okay, I, I get your point there, but like towers and names, do we, like, we don't, we don't build those, right? And, and just posing questions here, like, are, are you thinking more about making a name for yourself? And some of you are like, no way, no way, but, but maybe some of you are thinking more about actually not doing anything, and you're, and you're paralyzed, and you're, you're more worried about protecting your name, so, so you're frozen. But, but either way, it could be that you're actually thinking about your name more than you're thinking about God's name. Well, Brad, how do I know? How do I know? I can't tell you that. That's why the Holy Spirit of God lives inside of you, right? And he will reveal that. Ask him to do that. But it could be. And we do indeed build towers. It's just they look different than what we see here in Genesis chapter 11. See, our towers might look more like this. Our names may look like owner, operator. PhD. MD. 
lead teaching pastor. Listen, there's, there's nothing wrong with owner-operator. There's nothing wrong with PhD, MD. We, we need all of them. There's nothing wrong with being a lead teaching pastor. The problem is it becomes sin the moment that I look to it for security and significance. Hill City, let's examine any towers. Any towers in your life? Okay, don't raise your hand. Any name makers in the room? So there's, there's a tower we need to talk about in this church. And I'm just going to, I want to ask you to give me grace. I want you to allow me to shepherd in the moment. And I know I'm not going to be speaking to everybody in the room, but I need to talk to moms and dads. Okay. Um, so our families become our towers. Like I want people to see this great family that I know how to lead. I want people to see how awesome of a mom that I am, what incredible birthday parties that I give for my two-year-old, so that people will see and my name would be great. And here's what happens. And I think it's true here, and I'm not trying, I want you to give me grace. I, I, I am trying to shepherd, okay? I think the majority of the parents, so let's say 51% or more, I think the majority of the parents in the room, I think the situation we're finding ourselves in is this, that you love your kids more than you love your spouse. Because that's your tower, and that's your name. I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to ask that the Holy Spirit does his work with that, but I will come back to it. So what happens? What happens when we build towers, when we make names for ourselves? Let's get back to the text. So, so they build a tower. They set out to make a great name for themselves. In verse 5, if you're writing in your Bible, this is a hinge verse in this passage. Verse 5 says this. And the Lord, there's a mention, finally, okay. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of man had built. Now, you can study this, just this verse, and within your first three minutes of studying uh, this verse, what you're going to find out is there, there are tons of, of satire, tons of sarcasm just in this little verse. Well, how do we know? Because it says that the Lord came down to see, right? Well, we know the Lord's everywhere. It's not like he didn't know what was going on. Right? But what we see communicated in this passage, uh, one, uh, one philosopher said, uh, it's a vivid expression of futility. In other words, here's what's happening. Take your best achievement. Here it was a city with a tower. You take your best achievement. Put it on a shelf in front of you. Right? Now let's say you went at this and you went without God. And it's this monumental thing. I'm a doctor. I'm a lawyer. I have a business. All this stuff. Right? Whatever it might be. Take it. There it is in front of you. Right? And this passage is saying this. And the Lord came down. To see the city and the tower. In other words, that incredible thing that you did, that massive thing that you accomplished, that great thing that you built, 
I can't see it from here. It do, it's not showing up on my radar. I'm going to have to come down to see this big thing that you built. That's the sarcasm. That's what the Lord says. I, you, you're trying to come up. I can't see it. I'm going to have to go down to see this. And look what it leads to. The same thing that pride and fear will always lead to eventually. Insecurity, insignificance, and confusion. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people and they have all one language and this is the only beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down there, confuse their language so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from over all the face of the earth and they left off building the city. So if you're taking notes, there are three things that we're going we're to catch from this second half. And it's actually three things that happen when we operate out of pride, when we operate out of fear, or when we operate out of both. When we operate from pride or fear or both, our greatest achievements become our own destruction. Like, listen, make no mistake about it. This tower they built, it was incredible. Archaeologists have found it like, like 100 yards by 100 yards, like it was a massive tower. And God says, let us go down and confuse. And, and man, this, this is just literary genius in the Hebrew, Hebrew writing. The same consonants that were used in let us confuse are the exact same consonants that were used in the let us make. It's a play on words. In other words, even before God came down, these plans were doomed for failure. That's what's communicated here. And we need to see when things are done out of pride, when things are done out of fear, the seeds of failure are already planted. And the fruit, the fruit that you will eat from that is confusion and insignificance and insecurity. Our greatest achievements become our own destruction. The second thing, the things, when we operate out of pride and fear, the things that we most fear catch up to us. It says the Lord scattered them and they stopped building the city. That's the very thing that they didn't want. That's the thing that scared them the most. So Hill City, what is it that you set out doing without the Lord? What were you afraid of? Where was the pride when you set out to do that thing without the Lord? Whatever you were scared of, it'll come back. And third, pride and fear will lead to this truth. When you set out to make a name for yourself and it's done out of pride and fear, which if you're trying to make a name for yourself, that's inevitable. It's done being done out of pride or fear or both. Here's the truth. The name that you make for yourself, you're going to end up hating it. 
you won't like it. We see in this passage everything was being driven to this confusion where God confused the language. But then he named the city. Therefore, its name will be called Babel. Because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there the Lord dispersed them over the face of all the earth. So the name, you read this story, the name that they are remembered by, it isn't great. It's Babel. These were confused people. The same consonants in that word Babel are the same consonants for confusion and it's very similar to the same consonants that are used in the word fool. And this passage communicates, go ahead, you can go build a city, you can go build a tower, you can go try to build your name, and you can do it without God. Oh, you fool. That's the name. That's the name. So this is God's judgment. Like, like he confused their language. They didn't know what each other was saying. Like, but we have to see, we have to not just see his judgment here. It's also God's mercy. He confuses and he separates. Why did he do that? He said, and nothing they propose to do will be impossible for them. In other words, God did this because if humanity went unchecked, if they were able to speak the same language, there would be no limit to their sin. In other words, if everyone on our planet right now, if we all spoke the same language, if we all had the same culture, if we all spent the same dollar, if we all did that, Satan's work would be so much easier. And God in his grace says, no, we're going to have nations, we're going to separate them, we're going to confuse them. And actually, these nations or some of them are going to fight against one another. But trust me, that's way better than if they were all unified sinners. That's what God does in his mercy. So listen, we can push like one world system. Listen, that, that will be junk. There's only one person that will ever bring it all together. He'll do it again one day. His name's Jesus. This is grace. So, you know, God's the same yesterday and today and forever, right? So so let's come here. Let's come to 2023 Springfield, Missouri and to Brad's living room. How does he deal with Brad and his pride and his fear? Well, he comes down and he allows confusion. Now, we know he's not the author of confusion, but if I'm moving forward without God and in pride and in fear, I'm already confused. And God will allow confusion. How does he do this? Well, oftentimes it comes in the, forms of, in the form of dreams being shattered. In other words, the plans that we make without God, they end up going horribly wrong. And some of you have experienced this. Maybe it's career dreams. This is not what I thought. Maybe it's family dreams. Maybe it's financial dreams. And in one of those areas, maybe it's like, man, like the bottom fell out. And I'm so confused right now. It could be that if that is you, that it's actually God in his mercy using your confusion as a gracious end to cause you to turn to him. Are you confused? And some of you might be like, no, 
but I'm ticked because this isn't how I wanted it to go. That's pride. That's pride. That's fear. It's just making its way out forcefully in the form of anger. So I told you I'd come back to this. Dad and mom. Like, and listen, I'm just going to, in general, and I think I'm right here. I'm talking to dad and mom. But moms, you're going to be more prone to this. Okay? You can love your kids more than you do your spouse. But here's what's going to happen. One day your kids are going to leave. And they're going to get married. And they're gone. They're going, they will leave you to go have a life of their own. And then you're going to look around and it's going to be confusing. Because you're going to be like, who are you? I don't know you. I don't even know if I love you. Well, yeah, because you've been putting your kids in front of her or you've been putting your kids in front of him, and that's really confusing. Side note, your kids will pick up on this, and if you want your kids to follow Jesus, now you got to point them to Jesus, but you can't point them to Jesus and then love them more than you love your spouse. It doesn't work together. And I'm just trying to shepherd us. I would call all moms and dads to examine, and if that's you today, like, let's repent. Let's confess that. Let's repent and run to God in his grace and know, okay. So here, so here we go. Awesome. Good. Okay, Brad. Great. Good sermon. I needed that. I will not. I will not act. I will not make decisions out of pride and fear. I, I will. Here's the problem. Yes, you will. And yes, I will. And especially I will and you will if we go it alone. See, we need delivered from ourselves. So I told you, I, I, this week the Lord has just worked on my heart and it's like man I've had to I've had to preach the greatest news that I've ever heard in my life to myself all week see we needed something drastic for our pride and our fear and here's what we needed we needed God to come down and he did. And the Bible says he actually put on flesh. Hello, Advent. Merry Christmas, Hill City. God came down and he put on flesh. And Jesus, he's actually the only one who ever lived in perfect humility. Jesus, he's actually the only person who, who, who never left God out of his decision-making. It's Jesus who is always motivated out of love for his Father and not out of fear and not out of pride. How do I know he wasn't prideful? Because moment after moment in the Bible, he had a chance to make, a, make his name great. And he would say, my time has not yet come. 
And in his greatest moment, it was actually the scariest moment of his life that, that he was getting ready to go to the cross. And he says, now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? Mm-mm. But for this purpose, I have come to this hour. And here's what he says. Father, glorify your name. That's what our king said. And he goes to the cross. And on the cross, we see arguably the most confusing thing to ever happen in the history of the world. No, it's not arguable. It's the most confusing thing. The creator of the universe, the perfect sinless son of God. Scattered. The perfect sinless son of God separated the perfect sinless son of God he died and he died for sinners like you and like me what's our sin pride fear we go about building cities and towers and names without him If you're serving communion, I'm going to ask you to head back and prepare the table. I'm going to have the rest of you stand with me. Has your greatest achievement become your own destruction? Have the things that you fear the most, have they caught up to you? Do you have a name that you don't like? If that's you, Jesus stands ready to forgive. And if that's not you, and you're like, no, Brad, I've been doing this on my own, I'm good to go. Just know all those things, they're coming. It's coming. And we're in trouble. Unless we run to Jesus. So I'm going to read something to you. And it's actually the greatest news that you're ever going to hear in your life. And I want you to receive it. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I hope you believe that. And if you do, I hope you're living 
like you believe that. So God, would you take the truth of your word breathed out by the Holy Spirit and would you use it on our hearts in this place today? In Jesus' name I pray, amen.